everyone, and welcome to episode 7 of the NFNL podcast for season 2021. Bumper edition coming up. We'll be joined by the coach of Greensboro's men's football team, Mick Harford. We'll also be joined by Cole Wallington, the coach of Diamond Creek women's senior football team. I'm Samuel Zito, joined this afternoon by Nicholas Sacco and Jared Gardner. And gents, from a football perspective, it was a weekend that uh, we were expecting plenty of with the top sides facing each other in each of the senior men's football competitions. You also had the big blockbuster clash between Diamond Creek women's and Darabin as, as well in the women's competition. And safe to say, every game lived up to expectation. It was a, a w- wonderful round in terms of what the, the top games delivered, albeit the conditions. I, I think it's safe to say winter arrived on, on Saturday. It was freezing cold and, and not ideal, particularly for those who had to, to bear the elements out side as we did in the commentary uh, booth at, at South Morang but certainly from I guess a, a results perspective uh, amazing how close all those games were and certainly bodes well for things at the end of the year when we get to get the finals and hope for, for pretty similar performances. Yeah that, that weather definitely didn't help when we were there at South Morang but you're right those are three games were highly anticipated as they were and then they all delivered in their own special way and some good results to come out of that gives us a bit of a clearer picture about who I guess the standouts are in each competition but also shows that the evenness throughout all three divisions is also very high as well because the amount of results we've seen throughout the weekend that have been really close and that have had some tight battles as well has been very impressive. So um, some good results and I'm looking forward to chat about them. Yeah, well, just I guess as, a, as an over, overview of, of what took place from the the um, top of the table clashes, as, as we said, leading into last weekend in each of the senior men's competitions, we saw first up against second in Meadows Greyhounds Division 1. We'll the closest of the lot, I guess, because the game was decided after the final siren. Uh, North Heidelberg came away with a four-point win, but there was plenty of hearts and mouths for, from a doggy's perspective because when the siren sounded, they were five points in front. But Sam Lloyd had taken a mark for Bandura with only about five seconds to go. He was kicking from 50 metres out. No angle, but heavy footy, a lot of wind to, to deal with out at Shelley Reserve. And on this occasion, we've seen him at, in the AFL produce one of the great moments when he kicked that winning goal for Richmond against Sydney back in 2016. This time around, couldn't produce the same heroics in, in, uh, in really tough conditions. Um, in MC Labor Division 2, Banyul took on Diamond Creek. The final margin, well, it looks like that Banyul did it comfortably. If you just look at the score and, and see they win by 26 points, but there was less than a kick in it early in the last quarter and, and Banyul was able to, to kick away. In Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3, obviously the game we called South Morang up against Lorimer and it was a similar tale where the final margin, when you just look at it uh, really briefly, it looks like South Morang did it comfortably, but they win by 19 points, having trailed by 8 points during the last quarter. So they came home with a wet sail with the last four goals. And then from the women's Division 1, Mervac uh, Division 1 women's game, we talked about it last week, Nick. We always look forward to any, any clash between Diamond Creek women's and Darabin. And yesterday, they uh, produced another great, uh, great chapter in their, in their storied history. And it was Diamond Creek women's who maintained its unbeaten streak to win by one point. Scores were level at three-quarter time. The Creek has come away with a one-point win. So, Jared, I guess you, you couldn't ask for too much more across, across the board in those four games. I think if you were to write the script, it wouldn't have been too much different to, to what we received over the weekend. Uh, exactly. And as Nick said, it's great to see just that evenness across the entire competition with not only the top sides doing battle and having some close matches, but just um, s- some great scores across all three, all three men's divisions and women's divisions as well. So... Um, it's exciting times where we're right into the thick of the 2021 season now and 
um, yeah, it's just great to have this sort of footy here so early in the season. Absolutely. And uh, in, from a netball perspective, it was the first round where we had um, post-grading. So the, the sections are now decided with 13 sections uh, now, I guess, uh, underway. And, and I guess you get into the real thick of the season now as, as we start to determine who's, uh, who's who in the zoo, so to speak, as to which sides are the, are the ones to catch and, and whatnot. And um, from a Section 1 perspective... Great achievement for North Heidelberg and Diamond Creek to have multiple sides in, in playing Section 1 netball this year. North Heidelberg with three teams. Um, we were hoping to have a chat to, to, to one of the representatives. Unfortunately, that might have to wait off till, till next week just with uh, some, some timing issues. But with uh, a, a remarkable effort to have three sides there and for Diamond Creek um, to have you know to two sides. And we know how dominant they, they've been for, for such a long period of time. So um, some great challenges there. But uh, five of the eight coming from, from two clubs. So I think in an ideal world, you have as many clubs represented as possible. But when you look at the results over the course of grading, I think that the standout sides are the ones who are in Section 1. So could this be the year that uh, North Heidelberg, with, with such depth through their squad, uh, really take that next step? And, and, and can they be the ones to push Diamond Creek 1? Uh, I think it's a question we've been asking for the best part of the decade. The answer so far from everyone else's account has been no, that uh, Diamond Creek has, has been able to continue on the merry way. But this year with three sides from the Doggies in the top flight, could it be the year that uh, we see a changing of the guard? To the footy field, and, and we talked about North Heidelberg and Bundura from the outset, but guys, we um, like the way both of these sides have gone about their business so far this year. Uh, for Bundura, they headed into the game with four consecutive wins. It was always going to be their, their greatest test. They did lose, but they probably don't lose too many admirers. And, and from a North Heidelberg perspective, another gallant victory. They just find ways to, to win games, don't they? And responded really well after that loss the week prior against Whittlesea. There were some star players out for, for both sides. Um, still no Brent Harvey for, for North Heidelberg. Jackson Starsevich didn't play as well. Bandura, they were without... Um, Hamish Shepard, who's been one of their star players uh, throughout. So I think both sides would say that the next time they meet, they might have another you know, ace up their sleeve you know, to, to maybe change the tail somewhat. But I think for, for both sides, there's going to be one winner. And it's a big game, given the fact that now there's a, a one-game gap that's emerged between the top three and now Bandura in fourth. But I think for, for both, there's enough positives to take away. To, they'd both think they're, they're going to be pretty handy sides going forward in, in 2021. Yeah, definitely. And I mean... The, the key thing I wanted to see from this game from last week was the Bulldogs' response because we know that that loss to Whittlesey was unlike them um, and they were going really well having an undefeated start at about 4-0. and So um, this was a game I was really intrigued about for a lot of different reasons and, and Bandura jumped the gun early. They, they shot out to a 14-point lead at quarter time and it looked like they might have had their measure throughout the game. But like we've always seen for the Bulldogs in the last few years at least, they do find a way to win and they weren't going to get... Weren't going to let last week happen to them once again. But, you know, some of their players stand up, which was great to see in terms of even in the goals, uh, goal areas as well. Braden Hurt kicking three goals as well. Liam Noonan pinching in with a couple as well as being one of the best players on the ground. So they, they can definitely have players stand up when they need to be and when those star players probably aren't there as much. So, um, again, just shows how well the Bulldogs have been. And I think we spoke about it on the radio call as well, Some but the fact that North Heidelberg were first coming into this week and now slipped to third despite winning. It's it's remarkable, isn't it? Yeah. You win a top-of-the-table clash and you, you slip two spots on the ladder, but that just goes to show the evenness at, at mm. the top of the, the table in, in Meadows Greyhounds Division 1. Uh, as I said a moment ago, um, Bandura's gone from effectively second, lost 
by less than a kick and now he's fourth a game out of the top three and percentage so it just goes to show what uh, one result can, can do in, in the scheme of things so interesting that uh, I'm glad you mentioned the fact there Nick with the, the spread for, for North Heidelberg of goal kickers Braden Hurt played a really good game kicked three important goals kicked one late which looked to be the match winner socket off the ground in the goal square um, he kicked one late in the third quarter as well there were two goals down with about two minutes to go uh, before three quarter time he kicked the goal and then set up I think it was Curtis Haddon Crack, I think it was for, for the next goal as well, which um, basically he had a, a really key hand in, in two goals in the space of two minutes, which got scores level at three quarter time. And then, like I said, in the end, it, it is the match winner, the one he kicks, because we know that the final shot uh, for the game didn't go through for a major. So good, good for them, for the dogs. I mean, Shane Harvey's done it forever and a day. The last two weeks has been uh, quiet by, by his, uh, his lofty standards. But when you, when you look at the fact that now they've been able to still kick the winning score, uh, I think for, for the Bulldogs, they're, they're starting to find some players as well and really good story is, is Doug Morris as well because he's a player that really hadn't played much footy at all in, in probably the past five years I think it's safe to say um, given the fact that he's had that back injury we saw him try a few times to get back on the field um, you know, we, we, he played for Lowell Plenty, transferred out, and then I think came, even came back to Northcote Park, but didn't manage a senior game. But great to see him best the field in, in a game as, as big as the one on the weekend. We know what a, what a talent he is, so great to see someone of, of his ilk, a premiership player with Northcote Park, a best and fairest winner there as well. Good to see him uh, back and, and firing again um, in the Northern Football Netball League. Montmorency, Jared, they continue to tease, I think. It's, it's safe to say. They're 3-3 they're three and three. They had a, a, a really important win over Heidelberg. I'd, I'd go so far to say it's their best win of the year, but then we do remember they came from five goals down to beat Greensboro away from home in round three. And you think if you can do that, you can beat Greensboro and then back it up with a win over Heidelberg in the first six weeks, you'd think you'd be well on, well on your way. But they still find themselves outside the top five, given the fact that they've dropped a couple of games at, at home throughout the course of, of this year. So... Where exactly do we see Montmorency in the, in the thick of things? I don't think they probably know internally exactly where they are either, but if we had to, to make a judgment now, do we see them now going forward in the next third of the years really establishing themselves as a, as a side that can you know, push for, for a higher spot in the finals? Or are they one that are going to continue in this inconsistent manner and might uh, have a season where they miss out on finals? Well, I'd love to see them continue on and find a bit of like really strong form going into this middle part of the season because you look at right now, they're sitting six on the ladder, 12 points. They are a game ahead of seventh in that pack um, at the, in the bottom part of the ladder, but they could just as easily drop into that pack and be one of those chasing sides. So over the next couple of weeks, they really do just need to get a bit of consistency going and um, get a few wins on the board in a row and just just really find how they play and, and how they can win games because it, it has just been a really strange start to the season for them. Well, well the next month for them, really, if if they're going to be a, a serious player, there has to be three wins at, at a minimum out of four. They've got Whittlesey this week at the showgrounds. They're back at home against Northcote Park in round eight. Then it's Bundura away and Hurstbridge at home. You, you'd say that for them, they have to think that all four are winnable. I know yeah. Bundura away is a tough trip now, but when you've beaten Greensboro away, you now you've beaten Heidelberg as well, you have to think that in most games, if you play your best, you're going to give yourself a, a winning chance. They'll have a, a tough run home. They play West Preston Lakeside twice in the final seven rounds, but the, the next four weeks for them are crucial because you feel, feel for them with um, you know with the, a, a tougher run at, at stages coming home um, that the, the you know, the time is now to really start to, to bank those wins and then give yourself some breathing space as, as the year goes on. They found a player in, in Bronson Hill over the last fortnight. He's, um, we, we mentioned him last week, Nick, as potentially being a good foil for, for Paddy Fitzgerald. Kicked four on debut in the loss to McLeod. 
backed it up with four again against Heidelberg. And we know since Gary Ramsey's been there that Montmorency have been, you know, really uh, prepared to play the youth. But he's uh, he's one that's starting to shine as well. Great great effort for any player to kick eight goals in their first two senior games. Yeah, absolutely. And it's imp- great to see players like that spring up. And it doesn't matter what part of the season they're doing it, they're kicking these goals. And it's fantastic to see. And I sort of agree with a lot of your sentiments, Jared, about how Montmorency are going this season. And, you know, you feel like they win their next two games with some lesser teams in Whittlesea and Northcote Park. But at, at that same token, how do they continue that form? How do they continue building their confidence up? Well, that's the story we need to find out in the next few weeks. But, yeah, Bronson Hill, another outstanding display. And, and I reckon in the next couple of weeks he's going to continue that form as well. I mean, when you're kicking four goals against opposition like they have so far I'm sure he will continue in the next yeah. few weeks well I think he's start getting plenty of attention Roni be he's proving in, in a low scoring game as well on the weekend four goals um, you know, against a, a really good opposition in Heidelberg I think now all of a sudden opposition coaches will, might have to just make sure that they're um, you know, putting some time into him despite the fact he'll only be going into his third senior game this weekend West Preston Lakeside, a big win over Hurst Bridge. Probably disappointing for Hurst Bridge because now they've played a few of those good sides and just haven't been able to get close to, to one of them at, at any stage. I think their, their average losing margin going into the weekend's game was, was over 10 goals. And then um, against West Preston Lakeside at the weekend, they were never really in the hunt. They were um, more than you know, or, or more than 50 points down at halftime. It managed to, to stem the bleeding somewhat in the second half, which was really a lower scoring contest there even though they didn't put a heap of score on the board themselves they did start to slow the Roosters down but from a Roosters perspective Jalen Thorpe's come back into the side this year he kicked five at the weekend and in many ways he just becomes almost the recruit of the year in in inverted commas because the versatility that he brings to that side but especially when Ahmed Saad's not around as well to, to pop up with five I know it's a big win but Gee, he, uh, he comes in to a side that's won the last two flags. I know he had a big say in, um, at times throughout 2018. Then he came back for, for the grand final after impressing with Williamstown. Didn't feature in 2019, but the fact that he's played now, I think it's the last three or four in a row. Uh, I think it is four now, isn't it, mm. that, that he's played. That If he stays around in the side, he could well be the, the biggest inclusion of any, any player in the competition this year. Yeah, exactly. And I think you speak about him and you speak about the versatility because those games in 2018 when he had such a massive say in West Preston Lakeside's premiership run, he, he was kind of playing anywhere. And he could take hangers in the goal square. He could go and rock. He's, he's agile. He can play around the ground. Um, he's just such an incredibly talented player. And it was great to see him up at that VFL level. Um, but when he comes back to West Preston Lakeside, he just adds a whole other dimension it, to this team. Exactly right. It's almost impossible to, to find a matchup for him when he's forward because he's got the, the spring and, and obviously with the height as well, he's, um, he's hard to, to man in the air, but very agile as well. So it's you know that, that classic headache that you have as a, as a coach when you've got a, a tall defender that have the agility to go with someone like that at, at, at ground level. But then if you do play someone with uh, a bit more speed, they're probably exposed for that height as well. So um, yeah, great performance from him. Alex Federico had a really good game, probably his best uh, performance of the season as well, the reigning best and fairest winner for West Preston Lakes. And they're going about business nicely. She jumped to the top of the ladder with that win at the weekend. But we talk about evenness and it's probably worth actually highlighting how close it actually is because you've got West Preston Lakeside in first with a percentage of 158.26, Greensboro second, a percentage of 155.56, and then North Heidelberg in third with 140.45. All of those sides, five and one. So, um, you know, a goal either way potentially and it changes which side sits atop the ladder after, after six rounds. So an incredible start to the campaign. 
I guess, some of the uh, one of the other significant stories as well on the weekend. Um, we won't go into it in any great depth, but McLeod winning again uh, over Whittlesey. So they're now two and four. And we talked about last week, Nick, that their season's becoming um, identical almost to what they saw in 2019. But that continues for them in a, in a, in a big way it did at the weekend. So they're two and four with a big trip this weekend against West Preston Lakeside. So if they can make that three and four, I dare say it's safe to say that the Roos are well and truly back. Um, to MC Labor Division 2 and Banyul, can they be stopped? 6-0 and zero now. They have beaten each of the, the major contenders except for Thomastown, who they haven't faced yet. But when you think that their six wins have come against the likes of Eltham, St Mary's, Lower Plenty and now Diamond Creek, it's pretty safe to say that they are well and truly deserving of, of premiership favouritism at the moment. Yeah, they're incredible, Banyu. And again, we talked about it last week about they weren't a side I guess too many of us felt would be this strong early in the competition. But the fact that they had a great performance against the likes of a Diamond Creek, who are also in good form themselves, um, it says a lot about the way they've gone about their football. They had a lot of list changes as well coming into this yeah. season. A couple of players retiring and moving clubs. So it was always going to be a couple of question marks about how they were going to go about it. And, and they've been fantastic and their leaders have led strong as well. Yeah, it was It was because they were dominant for, for much of 2019, no doubt. Whittlesey had their measure on grand final day, but you know that, this is a side that could have, the way they played in 2019, could have competed in, in first division, no doubt about it. But then you take out James Crisaratus from that lineup. Scott Gumbleton retired. We weren't sure if Riley Loughton would be playing this year, given his VFL commitments. And even Amanda Johnston, who was a player that was so good for them for such a long period of time. You take them all out. Yes, they recruited some players as well, but would it take some time for them to gel? Well, they've answered it absolutely emphatically in the first six weeks. And you couldn't be more impressive than to beat the sides we've, we've listed. So at the weekend, they did it without Loughton, who was um, out, of, out of the side. Amanda Johnston's got VFL commitments with Collingwood. Uh, Daniel Kelly hasn't played since, I think it's round two. He's an underrated player in that side was, uh, I think he might even well be a best and fairest winner there, but with some of the new recruits they've had over the last couple of years, maybe um, doesn't get the, the recognition he probably deserves. But Kai Yodji's not there. Ricky Dyson hasn't played this year. So they've got talent to come into that lineup as well. And to be 6-0, and zero, they're uh, humming along nicely. And at the weekend, uh, the week prior, we saw them fade out in the, the win against Altham and just hold on. Did the opposite the weekend. Uh, you know, really challenged... Uh, Looked like they had the game pretty secure in the first half, but then Diamond Creek really threw everything at them. Got to within a kick, as we said in the last quarter, but Banyul was able to steady, and, and Reuben Blackmore more played a, a significant role in that one there. So too Tim Martin, who is in a competition that's got plenty of good ruckmen. He might well uh, be, be the best of the lot, the way he's performing so far in 2021. Thomastown, the injury curse absolutely continues. If it each week it feels like it's, uh, you say when you add another player and it compiles and that's almost a better player than the one before and when you look they already had no Anthony Capici Josh Bear hasn't been cited this year after topping uh, or finishing top three in the, in the Comp BNF two years ago um, James Rizzolio has been limited um, Todd Hughes and Braden Plant were out of the side at the weekend Kane Slater's only played a couple of games and then Tyron Leonardis goes down with what looks a really significant hamstring injury prior to half time. They managed to get the win against Epping, but when does well one when does their luck finally change because they're well and truly due for for, for that to turn? But when does it come the time where you just cannot continue to to cover the the, the, the caliber of that player? I mean, at the mo- at the weekend they were, were challenged for a great period against Epping and you know for, for time uh, at half time as well when it was only two points of difference. I think many, especially with Leonardis then limited, would have had concerns. They responded well and, and ended up running away with a, a convincing win, 51 points. But with, um, you know, 
a, a really even competition as, as it currently stands. And, and where they, they currently sit, having dropped a, a couple of games along the way for the, the Bears are obviously outside of the, uh, the top half of the table as, as it currently stands in sixth spot. But does it come a time where those injuries, if they can't get a few back, just become too hard to cover? Yeah, it might get to that point because, as you said, the quality of that the list of players that you mentioned off the top, it's just um, it's astounding that they, they can miss so many of those star players. You, you look at the list that they had on the weekend, there's still some good names there. Michael Tang's had a, a good season. Matt Vasilevsky's an absolute star. I think Ben Nashi is putting together a really good season. Um, Daniel Bramich coming over from North Heidelberg, it's, he's a really good in for them. And they've still got some good names on the field, but... If you can add Tyron Leonidas back at full health and a guy like Josh Bear, who hasn't, we haven't seen this season, um, it go a long way to strengthening yeah. their premiership credentials. But yeah, it, it's it's a really tough situation for Thomas Town at the moment. Yeah, well, that's what made them one of the dark horses in the competition. Those names in that lineup, and that's why we felt they were going to be so strong. So you take them out of that side, they're always going to struggle. But yeah, I think their next fortnight or even a little bit longer will be interesting to see what the depth of their teams yeah, will be like. It's what's only at home this week they play. Then it's Banyul at, at Beverly Road yeah, over the week one. after. Um, Patton Hill away. Patton Hill can be a tricky customer. They they showed that early against yeah. Lower Plenty the weekend. And then, thankfully for them, the Queen's birthday weekend, so hopefully some time to, to get some, some players to uh, get a, a rest. Because then after that, it's Diamond Creek, Eltham and Lowell Plenty. So um, it's a tough uh, period after that Queen's birthday break. And obviously with, with Banyul Pryor as well, what they can't afford is to drop one of the games, which on paper we'd expect them to win the Watsonians, the, the Panton Hills and whatnot. But uh, if they can manage to find a way through and then hopefully get some, some players back. But they're hanging in there. But uh, yeah, you just think, when does, when does it turn? And uh, when will they get some, some luck on their side? Um, um, Lane Sinclair kicked six goals the weekend. I think that was telling for, for Altham. It was a big win against Watsonia, but we saw them the week uh, prior, Jared, and they lacked some potency up in that forward half without Michael Still and, and Tim Curry. And, um, you know, a, a great to see a young player like Sinclair emerge. He, he looked good in, in the week uh, prior against against Banyul, but he got his uh, just rewards, I guess, on the weekend to actually get that, that bag of, of six goals. Well, exactly. And I, if I'm not mistaken, that first half that we saw um, a couple of weeks ago of Altham, he was playing in the back line and doing a really good job as yeah, an intercept marker. Yeah, he centre-half back. And, and then went forward. I think he kicked their first goal of the day when they really needed it and was providing a good option in that second half up forward. And, um, yeah, goes forward this week and kicks a bag. So... Uh, it's a good little asset to have for yeah. Altham. Well, exactly right. It's just that uh, we're probably getting forward out of necessity, and now yeah. they've, they've found one with uh, him being able to kick six goals. St Mary's continued uh, its its great start to the year. They had a, a good win over the Stars. Challenged during the second quarter, but responded well after halftime with with seven goals to one. So they maintain third spot on the ladder. They have played the extra game than, than a few of the sides below them, um, in particular Diamond Creek with the, the Creek as percentage as it currently stands. Those two sides play this weekend, so that's a telling game, but um, Diamond Creek has the superior percentage and the game in hand, so St Mary's, even at worst, you'd say they're a fourth place side if, if Diamond Creek, when eventually that game, game comes, um, so they're, they're going great guns and, and Lowell Plenty found a way to respond without a few key plays at the weekend. They were jumped early against uh, Pant and Hilbert, but managed to fight back and, and romp to a, a pretty handy win into Hodderberg Golf Club Division 3, and let's ask off the top, does South Morang deserve an apology because I think most pundits didn't have them as a, as a premiership favourite going into the year. They've been there or thereabouts. You, I know, uh, speaking to 
Div 3 scribe, uh, Doug Long, he said, at the very least, you always just pencil them in for a prelim because they seem to get there every <laughs> yeah, single year at the, at, at the minimum. This year, with the, the players they'd lost and um, you know, with some of the other talent going into other third division clubs, we thought maybe they might be leapfrog. Well, they've proved everyone wrong, that's for sure. I think they're using it as, as ammunition. And at 6-0, and zero, I think it's safe to say that um, you know, they are the flag favourite, obviously coming in against Heidelberg West this week, which is going to be a telling game. But, Nick, we saw them firsthand at the weekend. They were challenged by an undermanned Lorimer side, mm. eight points down early in the last quarter, and the, their response was, was one of a side that um, can, can go all the way this year. Keep the last four goals. The longer the game went, they are only going to run away further. They, they had their opponents beaten at the end and, and finished full of running, but they just keep finding kids who, who keep getting the job done. Yeah, and that was the question we had about South Morang, not just for this game, but for the whole year. If they can win these types of games and, and really assert themselves as that premiership favourite, and they certainly did that on Saturday afternoon. I was in, very impressed with their last quarter and the, and the players that stood up that afternoon. So um, overall, the Lions, yeah, they're really impressing. I mean, I guess you might be able to give them an apology, but at the same time, we're only six rounds in mm. and you don't win premierships at this point of the season. So they're playing well. Don't mind that. I mean... Lorimer, you could tell that their forward stocks were really low. I mean, their top three leading goal kickers of the season so far weren't playing, and Josh Williamson being the key one there that didn't miss out. And, you know, they had some players come in and, and try and help out. I mean, you had Coco and Cecil and Wilson, you know, trying to get their hands in, in the forward area. But um, with those players not playing, it was a great opportunity for South Morang, and they took it well. Credit to the power for really, you know, getting, sticking it up to them right up until three-quarter time. But, yeah, South Morang is super impressive. Yeah, well, Lorimer, you mentioned the three key goal kickers out, kicked nine goals, nine separate goal scorers, couldn't find anyone to kick mm. a major. And then unfortunately for them, Jackson Cecil, who was probably their best on the day, went down really late with what could be a, a pretty significant ankle injury, I think, as well. So in a marking contest, they uh, landed awkwardly, which that would be a real shame because he showed some... Uh, I mean, we already know what a talented player he is. He's been a, a team of the year forward for, for Lorimer. But um, you'd hope that, um, you know, whenever scans come back on that, that it's not as severe as, as what it could potentially be. Um Heidelberg West, six-point winners over Laylor. I know they've had bigger wins and, and probably against sides higher up the ladder and particularly Lorimer the week before, but is this their most important one? Because they were coming up against an opposition they were expected to beat. They were challenged right throughout, but they just found a way to, to win the game, which wins like this. You don't win premierships at this time of year, I understand, but um, when we keep going back to 2019 and we harp on it, but they started 5-0 and zero that year and, and things fell away. At the weekend, they could have rolled over against the really determined Laylor side, but they just managed to keep their nose in front all day and, and record a, a vital seven-point win ahead of taking on South Morang this week. But as I said, not their, their biggest and prettiest win, but is it their best one to this point, given the fact of, of what was at stake if they dropped it uh, to, a, to a side that's lowly on the ladder at the moment? Yeah, exactly. I, I think it is. I, I, you look at the score line and 11 goals, 19 doesn't look great. And they, they'll probably go into the rooms after the game and say, well, we've had a kick straight or it probably could have blown out a little bit. But um, you take the wins as they come and against the Laylor side that's just looking to really challenge uh, some of these top, these final caliber sides in um, Division 3. So I think it is a really good win for Heidelberg West and it might be one that they look back on later in the season and say, well, this is where our season was really kick-started and um, where they really kind of just got that, that feeling that they, they can just win ugly. And sometimes you need that, especially come finals time, because you just need to win those games that are so high pressure and so close. And um, yeah, they just got the job done against Laylor on the weekend. Yeah, you, you can't teach a side how to win. I think you have to actually go yeah. out and experience it and then you know you've got the confidence and belief that you can do it. And, and they're a side now that uh, I think uh, very much uh, has what it takes when it gets tight in games to uh, to produce that quality at the end to, to win, it, win it when it matters most. Um, 
Uh, for for Kilmore, they they continued their winning run. Uh, Chris Ryle kicked uh, five goals from the midfield. He had a, another dominant showing. We've mentioned his name quite a bit in this podcast, but he's having an outstanding year. And Old Eltham Collegians, well, uh, they uh, after a goalless first quarter, able to run away with it against Reservoir. That was under lights at Yarrabah uh, War Memorial Reserve. So a bit of a different fixturing there. Nice and uh, cold too. But uh, it was yeah, not a night <laughs> to play night footy. So uh, the. Uh, Things the colder it got, the, the better old Eltham got. So the Turtles um, recording another win, and they just stay in touch now with uh, with the finals race as well, ahead of uh, a couple of important games in, in, in coming weeks. We mentioned the uh, top of the table clash in Mervac Division One Women's. We're going to talk to Cole Wallington in a few moments' time as well. But uh, Diamond Creek Women's uh, wins by one point over Darabin to maintain their unbeaten streak in 2021. And given the fact now that they've beaten each of Montmorency, VU Western Spurs, and now Darabin twice. I think it's safe to say that they are the side to beat. There's plenty of footy to still be played. A few of those results have been really close games, but when you're winning those games, regardless of what the difference is, I think it's uh, safe to say that they're deserving of... um of premiership favouritism. It is very early in the year. And, mm. You know, when you when you win games early, you probably put a target on your back uh, for the other sides to really start uh, coming for you as well and, and trying to lift in those games. But it's been a great start to the year for, for Diamond Creek. And interesting side note to that, if you looked at the top three, uh, sorry, the, the sides in the top, uh, the three men's football competitions and also Division One women's, the sides that lost the grand final combined, in t- those that lost in 2019, have lost one game, cool. and that's Greensboro in the men's, Division One losing wow. by three points. So you've got Banyol, six and zip. You've got uh, uh, South Morang, six and zip. And Diamond Creek women's haven't lost either. So might actually raise that when we talk to uh, a few of the coaches uh, in a few moments' time as well because does it, that motivating factor of not playing for a year exactly. it's obviously uh, lingered around for a few of those clubs and uh, amazing that uh, they've been able to uh, respond in, in the manner they have. So I think it's safe to say, boys, it's, uh, it's proving to be a, a motivating factor and not something that's uh, being detrimental to their performance. Yeah, I, I wasn't really sure going into this season and looking at, I think, especially Greensboro, um, in Division One, it was you didn't know whether that grand final loss was going to be a motivating factor or it was going to be something that after a year off it just didn't register in their minds. But I think with all four of the sides that they lost the grand final in uh, back in 2019, they've, they've come out this season, um, started on fire and, and having a great having all, all all great seasons so far. As you mentioned, only one game lost between the four of them. So. Um, yeah, it's it's really interesting to see that, that they're all going really well so far. Well, uh, I mean, sorry, Samuel, but when I was speaking to Tom Bell at the start of the year, I raised that point. I'm like, you know, is is that grand final something that burns? And I, f- I feel like at the start of, of 2020, when they, there was still a chance there might be some games played, it was always, you know, a fire in the belly. They're always going to, you know, really try and, and use that as a motivating factor. But as the season went on and then eventually there was there was no games and it got cancelled, it, it was sort of like, you know... It, it was that long ago now yep. that he's sort of they're sort of focusing on a new new time. A lot of you know teams have changed their personnel, whether it's coaching or playing. So, you know, I, I guess it works both ways. In the fact that you know, I'm sure it's obviously in the back of their mind, but at the same time, it's sort of like, well, that was a couple of years ago. Now we're we're in a new fight. We're ready to go for for a different era. Yeah, well, obviously with the year off in between, uh, it's uh, it's amazing. What uh, I guess what what those those results have done has been mm-hmm. amazing. But you wonder whether that's been the sole reason, or whether it's just uh, plays only a very minor part um we'll go to our first interview we're going to have a chat with the coach of Greensboro senior men's football team mick harford that'll lead into an interview with cole wallington from diamond creek women's and we'll be back to wrap things up you're listening to the nfl podcast 
Now joining us on the NFNL podcast is the coach of Greensboro's senior men's football team, Mick Harford. Mick, thanks for joining us. Obviously, it's uh, nice to be 5-1 and one after six rounds of the season, but uh, a really big game coming up this weekend against North Heidelberg. Um, I guess first off from the top, you must be looking forward to a massive challenge against a side with the same win-loss record as you guys to this point in 2021. Yeah, thanks, Sam, uh, Nick, and Jared. Nice to be with you for uh, 2021. Uh, yeah, it's been um, it's been a, a reasonable start to the year, um, and, but we're definitely looking forward to to the next three weeks. With um, you know just the way the, the fixture sort of worked itself out, I think both North Heidelberg and uh, and us have played uh, only one team in the five at this point. Um, so yeah, the next next three or four weeks are going to be really interesting. Uh, at the weekend, you, you got past Northcote Park. It was a, a slog early. It wasn't uh, there wasn't a heap of goals kicked, but you, you gradually broke away as as the game went on. It was I know it's a game you, you're expected to win, but obviously nice to uh, just bank another win ahead of a, a really important game. But but what do you make of, of the weekend's performance? Yeah, it's always interesting to go to Northcote Park in the in the wet. Um, obviously, the centre of the ground was fairly heavy. There's a fair bit of um, surface water sitting around so it just takes its toll and, and we haven't played a lot in the wet this year to be honest so it took us a little while to get going uh, Northcote Park's pressure was, was pretty strong had a lot of numbers around the ball and behind the ball uh, for a period of time but um, yeah, to our guys credit they uh, they just wore them down and um, you know, I think the second half the game opened up a bit and uh, yeah it was, it was a good performance in the second half and sort of we, we continued to build into the season I mean, it, I know that the the win loss record looks looks pretty handy when you you just take it at a glance, five and one with a, with a nice percentage. But there's there's been some some challenges to to start the year. They've had a, a few of your key players unavailable at certain points. Nick Riddle's been limited with the number of games he's played. Um, Nathan Rovat's uh, obviously a massive inclusion. He's only played a, a handful of games. Tom Bell's missed one uh, along the way, and you haven't yet had uh, a player of the caliber of, of Tyne and Smith as well. But um, you know, obviously, you've had to, to overcome some some player unavailability through through injury and, and I guess VFL commitments as well. Um, I guess what's that like as a coach to have to, to juggle all of that to, and try and keep the team uh, up and going and, and continuing on their surge. Yeah, it's been a pretty challenging start to the year, but um, look, I think everyone's facing a little bit of that. There's, there seems to be a lot of uh, soft tissue injuries. You know, even if you look in the AFL, there's a lot of soft tissue injuries. So, you know, I wonder whether the year off last year had um, a bit of an impact on that. Um, but, you know, it, it, it is what it is. We play who's available. Um, we're really lucky at Greensboro that we've got you know, terrific depth through our uh, reserve grade. and We've had a couple of really... Uh, strong under 90s being available, so it's given us an opportunity to play some play some guys that may not have uh, got games. Um, but yeah, it'd be nice to start to uh, settle the team down uh, at some point. Um, as you said, we've been, you know, it's it's never your uh, it's never the guys who are at the bottom of the of the 22 to sort of 30 players that get injured. They're they're the guys who you need to be able to pump up the the um, the 22 each week, but you seem to lose the top end uh, quite often, or maybe it's just that's the that's the press around losing those guys. But mm. um, whilst it's been challenging, uh, you know the boys have done a terrific job, and um, I think it's a it's a great thing for the future to have those so many guys playing senior footy at uh, Greensboro. 
Tom Brindley's one that's starting to, to draw plenty of attention for all the right reasons. He wasn't selected, obviously, in the grand final of, of 2019, but he's been a star of the competition a few weeks ago. He was leading the coach's MVP and has made a, a brilliant uh, start to, to 2021. Um, have you been somewhat surprised by the, the level of uh, performance that, that he's been able to produce over the first six weeks? And, and what have you made of, uh, of how he's been going so far? Well, we haven't been surprised. He's a, he's a really talented kid. Um, you know, if you look back a few years ago, he was playing uh, some under-19 footy that you had to see to believe. Um, he came up and played some senior footy uh, through 2018-2019. He's a pretty lightly framed kid. Um, having the year off last year actually gave him a, a great leg up to get himself into the gym and get a little bit stronger. And um, obviously, uh, you know, being his size, he's also been able to develop a little bit more strength. So we're not we're not surprised. Um, we're pleased, absolutely pleased that he's taken another step. And um, you know, he's such a versatile player. He's he's got great pace for a big man. He's his jump and, and ability to mark the ball at its highest point uh, is really important. Uh, and his ability to play you know mid and behind the ball and even up front is, is great. So look, he's had a really strong start to the year. He had a terrific preseason. Um, yeah, I'm hopeful that he can continue on and who knows what uh, the future holds for Tom. And another one that's really emerged, Ben Panham. He was part of the, the lineup throughout most of, of 2019 and even 2018, but he seems to have gone to a new level this year. Yeah, again, I think if you look back at 2019, the back half of that season, uh, Ben Panham was terrific. Um, and I think off the top of my head, and you guys might know, I think in that um, second semi versus uh, Northcote Park, I think he might have kicked four goals or so. So, you know, he's just, again, another guy who continues to develop. Uh, the great thing about Ben is he's he's very straight. He, uh, he runs very straight. He's, um, you know, reasonably quick at his size, and he's a beautiful kick. So, again, they're just, they're just these young boys that have come through our under-19 program, junior program, and they're, they're really flourishing with a bit of senior footy under their belt. I guess one thing for, as, a, as an outsider, and we've, it's probably been raised a little bit in the last week or two now, but looking at the sides, uh, and I'm sure you don't want to be, uh, I mean, you'd much prefer to be the, the reigning premier than the side that, uh, that lost the grand final in 2019, but the sides who lost senior grand finals in 2019 have all responded brilliantly to this point of the season. I think across the senior men's competitions, the, the three sides that lost the grand final, only your loss to, to Mont by three points is the only one that they've suffered um, across the board with Banyul and, and South Morang undefeated. But the year off, and obviously we know the pain of, of losing a grand final, but the year off as well, do, does it, do you still use that defeat as, as any form of motivation or is it completely wiped from the table and, and you're just looking forward to, to uh, you know, I guess week by week, but I guess just the, folk, the job on hand in, in 2021? Yeah, we look, we don't talk about it, to be honest. Um, it's uh, something that will never leave us uh, as a group. Uh, I still have days where I think about it quite, uh, quite a lot, but we don't use it as a reference point. What we use is the way that we went about uh, 2019 in the season and some of our, our game style and a little bit of our ball movement stuff. And that, that's the stuff that we reference from 2019. Uh, does it have anything in, their, in the players' heads? Maybe. Um, you know, we were lucky enough to have a really strong game with West Preston a few weeks ago and, and get over the line. Uh, that may have played a small part, but we don't we don't talk about it. We don't. It's just not something that we want to continue to relive. Um, and having that year off just means it's another year away. So you're actually talking about stuff that's two years ago, and two years in in footy seasons is a long time. 
Um, Tom Bell's always going to be one that, uh, that draws pr- plenty of attention. He's lost, I guess, his, his partner in crime in, in, in Charlie Molyneux, who's obviously gone back home to, to SA. But uh, on Tom, how important is, is just his influence? We know what he does every Saturday, but just to have around the club, what's it been like to have someone like him, particularly in a year like last year where we didn't, weren't able to play, just to have someone who's had that you know, experience at AFL level and, and such a, a mature person, um, just the influence he has on, on the group, particularly um, now, I guess, uh, coming out of the COVID season. Yeah, look, Tom's a, Tom's a ripper. He's, um, he's obviously a, a terrific player and um, you know, the reigning best affairs in the comp, which is terrific to have, but you know, mostly he's he's a terrific person to have around the group. He's um, it's amazing. You know, he's one of the first to training every night. Uh, he's always there on a Thursday night after selection, sitting around. We always have a one beer and, and sit around the fire at Greensboro there and just have a chat about life. And he's always there. Um, so it's it's yeah, partly the footballer, obviously we're a football club, but it's the human being that we've got with Tom and. Uh, you know, everyone's really rallied around him and he's really rallied around the footy club. And I think that's a little bit of a needle in a haystack with some of those guys. Um, and we've, you know, we've really got one with Tom. So, yeah, he's terrific to have around the group. And just on your opponents this weekend in North Heidelberg, um, how have you seen their season so far? Obviously got a star-studded lineup, but what have you made of um, their, their matches so far? Yeah, they've been really strong, haven't they? Um, you know, they're obviously well coached by uh, by Heater and they've got a been a really strong list for a couple of years. Um, I was just doing some stuff today, and you know I think they've kicked uh, some eight to ten goals more than us this year through the first six rounds, and we've had uh, a dozen or fourteen goals less kicked against us, so it's pretty even. Um, which you know you expect. You look at the top of the ladder, and there's uh, three teams on five and one, a couple there on. Four and two, I think. Um, so yeah, I think it's just going to be a really even season, and you know, North Heidelberg are going to be up there again. They were up there in 2019. They had a reasonable changeover in their list, but uh, they've done a terrific job. So it's going to be a really interesting game this week, and uh, one we really look forward to. And just one last one, Mick. You've been heavily involved in, in community footy for for quite some time. Um, now that we're we're back after a year away, is there anything like do, do you notice anything different uh, about back being uh, being out there again this year, or is it uh, for you? Does it feel like it's it's business as usual? But or, or do you take some some learnings out of what we had uh, you know, taken away from us last year? Yeah, I think there's a couple of things, Samuel. I reckon there's. I think the crowds have been bigger. Um, I seem to you know. Maybe I notice it a bit more at Greensboro because I'm sort of on that side where the people stand. But there seems to be more people at local footy, which is great. And I think that's been something that I've really noticed. Um, I think the playing group is more positive about you know, being at the football club um, when they are expected at the football club. Um, I also think the playing group's less uh, stressed about uh, win losses. Um, we've had, you know, there's some guys have had. Uh, weddings and um, you know family major milestones um, maybe interstate or in the country that they've gone and, and done uh, this year that has affected their ability to play um, so maybe taking just a little bit of uh, liberty in that space and spending some time with their families uh, I think that's been really interesting and probably from my perspective I've taken it a little bit um, I guess I've taken a little bit of an approach that you know as a coach there's only a certain amount you can do um, trying to make sure that uh, you know your blood pressure is a bit lower on a Saturday afternoon, which at times is difficult. Um, but I think everyone's just enjoying having footy back, and you know the 
the fact that we're having more people there, Thursday nights are really strong at the footy club. Um, there seems to be a more positive outlook on, on community footy, and I think that's a great thing after the, the challenges of last year, um, and footy was probably the least of our worries last year. Well, uh, we're certainly looking forward to a big crowd there this weekend when uh, you know two of the, the bigger clubs in the league go toe-to-toe with yourselves up against North Heidelberg. Really appreciate your time ahead of that game and uh, look forward to, to calling all the action this weekend. So uh, all the best in that one there, Mick. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your time. At La Trobe University, you'll learn lessons that last your entire professional life. You'll be inspired by thought leaders, change makers, and brilliant minds, teachers who are mentors too. Learn from experts, then become one. Learn the rules, then how to remake them. Discover your path to success and find your dream course at latrobe.edu.au. Latrobe University, all kinds of clever. We're now joined on the NFNL podcast by the coach of Diamond Creek Women's Senior Team, Cole Wallington. Cole, thank you for joining us. Obviously, a brilliant start to the season for your girls so far, 6-0. and zero. And yesterday, uh, recording a, a heart, heart-stopping win over Darabin, the oldest foe, by one point. Uh, must be pretty sweet to, uh, to wake up on a, on a Monday morning and, uh, and be 6-0 and zero and having beaten the arch enemy in, in such a close manner. Yeah, thanks for having me, Samuel. Um... Look, it, 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 yeah, it was definitely a bit of a heart stopper, um, you know, in, in the third quarter. We, you know, we were up in front by, by half time, uh, even through the third quarter. But we had, you know, probably about eight to nine minutes of just falling asleep a little bit, and, and they capitalised with, you know, three or four goals of, of their own, and um, you know, we ended up having to to really get into a physical contest, um, you know, that one on one, that old style kind of footy to to really get it over the line in the last quarter. It, uh, obviously, your season ended uh, in 2019 un- in unfortunate circumstances, beaten in the grand final against uh, V Western Spurs. But it seems that the club as a whole has really responded uh, really positively to, to that. It's been great to see some of the um, key inclusions you- you've brought in this year. And uh, across the board, it seems like a, a great place to be at, at Diamond Creek Women's. How have, uh, how have you found, that? I guess, the past 18 months since that, that grand final defeat? Look, um, you know, it... it <laughs> Kind of a bit of like a deja vu on the weekend, you know. We had moments of laps in the grand final, you know, in that third quarter. Same on the weekend, and it cost us the grand final, um, you know. And same on the weekend, but we're able to, you know, we got that that depth now. You know, we got a couple of girls coming through the two, uh, in the from the reserves playing in the ones. You know, they've had some really good good games and um, you know rewarding them to play. But obviously, over the last twelve months, uh, we didn't stop. We really. Like, I kept the momentum going. Like, even though we had COVID and we couldn't even see each other, we couldn't be within X amount of metre around each other. But, you know, we set goals individually. Uh, we worked with Langarada Rovers to get around Australia individually. So all, all, you know, Ks were tallied up. And we did that over, you know, a good, I think it was a good month or so. But um, we didn't actually stop. We just kept on going with, you know, our apps, trying to get as much work in as possible. And... To be quite honest with you, I think it's paid off. I think, um, you know, a lot of the girls out of the group of, say, roughly a good, you know, 45 to 50, we had probably about 85% participating in those, um, you know, in our pre-season, basically a long pre-season. But, um, yeah, no, it's slowly starting to pay off now. Obviously, 6-0 and zero with um, a couple of close games last two weeks. 
And I mean, some of the key inclusions into your side this year, you've brought, uh, of, well, I shouldn't say you've brought in Shay Audley, she's come back to the club given she was already one of your players before uh, linking up with uh, with Carlton in the AFLW. She's obviously been one of the, the key inclusions. Before we go into some others, just the impact that she's been able to have on the club in, I guess, her return to, to home. Uh, look, I, I can't speak highly enough about all Georges. He's, uh, you know, she's a very special person um, for our club. She obviously bleeds, bleeds Dymo through and through. She come back after playing AFL and VFL football. Um, her leadership around the group, not just you know with the, with the senior side of things, but the whole senior playing group, has been second to none. You know, she's brought a couple of things in that uh, I think we needed as a collective, um, and it's worked. You know, on the training track, you know, just her quality of leadership around the ground too when when the games are on. Uh, you know she's a cheeky player too, so and, and she's in and you know hard at it. it you know, one percent of kind of things, you know, it's, it's hard to find uh, anybody to get real in and under, and uh, you know when it really matters. But when you're doing that for four solid quarters, uh, you know you can see the talent that she's got and what she brings to, to our football club. Definitely for you as a coach, how important is it to, to be able to lean on someone like that as well? Who's obviously had the experience at elite level, obviously being part of the elite program. Um, even for you as a coach, how how much can you glean out of her that can help uh, advance the, the side further? Uh, look, I've already learned a ton loads off her already. You know, just the quality of her experience coming in from AFLW and even in BFL and what she's brought is is unreal. Um, you know, and just just to see how things can change a game just by that little one percent of them what she does is, is phenomenal. But I think um it's not just really her when you look at it, it's it's a collective and how much she actually brings out out of other players because you know, I, I can do as much talking as possible. I can do one on one chats, I can do all my goal setting stuff with the, all the girls. But um, you know, it takes leadership and quality like herself part you know, with with the leadership group that that really instilled a lot into the into the, you know the whole playing group, which is great. So she brings a hell of a lot. That's for sure. Um, Monique Dimatay has been another one who's been a, a really good inclusion. I know she was up there in the, the coaches' votes. I'm not don't think she played on the week, and I might be might be wrong there. But she's been another really important player. She's had great experience in in our league, given the fact she's a um, a coaches MVP winner back in the inaugural season. Had some some VFL experience as well. But uh, just the impact that she's had on the club since since she's joined. Yeah, she's been fantastic. Um, so she's obviously come across from Essendon uh, VFL. Uh, mate, to be quite honest with you, I'm very surprised this girl is not playing AFLW. I'm very surprised that she's not getting a game in, at VFL level. So um, her hardness, she's another one just like, you know, I'd hate to, to compare it to Shay Audley, but um, she's another one that goes hard in at the contest, doesn't think twice, you know, straight in for the ball first option, can hit the scoreboard as well. I mean, there's a couple of things that we needed adjusted to local football, and she adjusted very quickly. Like, it was, um, you know, just a quick chat, and not only that, it was just, you know, bang, 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 on the scoreboard, making sure that, she, you know, she's hitting the hot spot out of the pocket, doing little bits and pieces of her own, which is great. So, you know, there's another quality midfielder that we've brought on board, and, and she's been fantastic. Have you have you noticed anything different about the, the way the game's played at all this year? Obviously, we had a, a year off, and, and plenty can change. But going back to your experiences from from twenty nineteen into twenty twenty one, quite honest with you, we've lifted our intensity around you know just our game mentality, um, you know wanting to be first to the ball. I think not only you know just the intensity around the group itself. Um, we're setting goals. You know, we do our game review every week, and you know we go over our stats and we want to improve them by percentages and you know when when you're having 
12 scoring shots, you know, and, and hitting the board, like, say, 65 70%. Um, you know, each time you, you're entering inside your forward 50 and then taking that on to the following week and making sure our inside 50s were hitting the scoreboard. Um, percentages really play a, a big part in it for me as a coach, but the intensity, as far as I was concerned, from 2019 to, to now is lifted. And I think, you know, if if you add um, the inclusions that we've had uh, into our senior side, I think we've got roughly 11 missing from our 2019 side. Um, with the seniors, and I, I think it's just it's kept on going. The momentum just keep on lifting every week. So I guess this one's more of a bit left field, but I know last week that the AFL made the announcement that um, the competition will expand and, and eventually have 18 teams in, in two years' time. You've been involved with Diamond Creek for, for some for some time now, and I know that the, the logical question for everyone is that um, you know where do you get the players now to be able to you know have four more AFL clubs? But do you think? Looking at, at the local level, we know there's VFLW in between as well, but do you think there are players in your team who are capable with a couple of extra years of development as potentially being able to you know, to reach that elite level and, and you know, be donning an AFL jumper in, in a couple of years' time? Look, I, 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 believe, look, I definitely believe I've got you know, AFLW potential players um, to play AFLW in, in the future. The only thing that I could say is, is that there's so many clubs popping around, popping up in regards to senior women's football uh, right around the traps in Victoria alone. Is there going to be you know a lot of players coming from a lot of clubs going to be eligible to play VFL and work their way up into the AFLW system? I just hope that they do it properly and they don't like you know back with us in, the, in our VFL days, we had you know 90 plus girls and then after we lost our VFL license, we were lucky to field a side. So. You know, it, it's it. I just hope that they do it properly, and it's up to the detriment of the football club. Um, and you know, AFLW flourishes over the next probably three to four years, and you'll see, you know, hopefully the right grassroots football come back, you know, and it be another solid probably, you know, three to four years before that really, really does happen, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I think it's a, I think it's probably a view shared by, by most as well. It's a, as great as it is, you don't also want to, to, to be at the detriment uh, at the lower level where, where players are getting opportunities and, and developing there, but uh, you, you don't want to see clubs, uh, unfortunately, lose too many as well. So I think it's probably opinion shared by most, but uh, no, really appreciate your insight on that one and, uh, and for joining us on this week's episode of the podcast. Again, well done on what's been a great start to the season and, uh, and long may it continue. Thanks very much, Samuel. I really do appreciate it. Um, I look forward to doing this again sometime soon. The Meadows Conference and Events Centre offers a range of conference opportunities for your next event. Whether it be an end-of-year work party, the next conference, or even a funeral or wake, the Meadows can host any event. To find out more info, head to themeadowsevents.com.au. Jared and Nick, before we sign off on this weekend's edition, I guess a quick look forward. And what is it that we are most looking forward to in this upcoming round of action in the Northern Football Netball League? Um, I'm going to start in Division 2 and look at Diamond Creek and St Mary's. I think this is a really interesting matchup because they're, they're two sides who have the credentials to play finals. St Mary's 5-2 and two so far this season. Diamond Creek have played one less game, 4-2 and two so far. So uh, tracking along the same path and I know it's only round seven and you don't want to be saying there are eight-point games in round seven, but this really could be one because with how close the Division Two finals race could be, you, you just need to beat the sides around you. And it's, it's so important for um, Diamond Creek to, to kind of get this one over St. Mary's if they're going to really stake their claim as a, a genuine, for not only finals contender, but premiership contender with the way they've been playing. And same for St. Mary's, probably 
um, tracking a bit better than what at least I expected going into the season. And if they can beat Diamond Creek here, it really um, gives them a bit of a leg up going into the, the middle, part, middle part of the season and the second half. So a really interesting matchup, and that's the one I'm excited for this weekend. And Nick? Oh, I reckon it's the one that we're calling this Saturday between Greensboro and North Holderberg. It's a massive clash, and you spoke about the similarity in your clash. I reckon this is the same one. They're both 5-1, and one, and they both lost in similar ways, I feel like. Pretty close margins against teams that you know maybe might not be challenging as much in this division, but uh, I'm very excited to see how these two go about it. We've spoken about North Heidelberg and, and how well they responded against their loss, but now coming up to a side that you know that have been dominant someone I felt that are going to be premiership favourites this season and you know Greensboro have had a good month of football since their loss in round three so um, very intriguing match and I'm very much looking forward to calling yeah, that Yeah I one. think it'll be a huge crowd out at Greensboro at War Memorial Park. McLeod up against West Preston Lakeside really interesting to see how McLeod after two wins now can go into that one they've had some closer losses against um, some top sides I mean, within that four-goal mark, without getting absolutely uh, too close to, to pinching a win, but they haven't been too far away, is this the week that they can produce one? If they can, I think they're right back in the mix. If they lose at two and five, it is somewhat of a way back, but they are improving as, uh, as the season goes on. Um, Hodderberg West and South Morang, we, we mentioned that from, from the outset as well. That's a, a telling game. If, uh, if Hodderberg West wins, they go equal on points with, with the Lions and we've got a, you know, one hell of a competition coming up. If, if South Morang breaks away, we say that they've beaten all of the challenges in, in mm. a pretty close uh, period of time as well. And they are then going to become the outright favourite if they aren't already doing that. Um, and, and from a netball perspective, we talked about North Heidelberg emerging as um, potentially one of the new power clubs in, on the netball court as well. Um, interesting f- fixtures have just landed now, so uh, we've got them right on, t- on time. But looking at the fixtures for this weekend, and you've got North Heidelberg 1 v Diamond Creek 1, and then North Heidelberg 2 v Diamond Creek 2. And so two huge Section 1 games, and I think that probably tells us exactly where you know, where they're at. Can they can really contend with, with that Diamond Creek side? Incredible that they're both um, playing against each other, but also at the same time, so on the uh, adjoining courts as well. So you can uh, sit in the middle of La Trobe uh, Sports Stadium and uh, you know just turn your head. It might be like watching tennis a bit, uh, turning between uh, nice. one court and the other, but um, you know, a nice little rivalry potentially brewing there in, uh, in Section 1 between the Dogs and the Creeks at, uh, Creekers, and it won't be the only time we'll, we'll say it's the Doggies versus the Creekers, albeit there'll be different teams, as we said, three North Heidelberg teams in the top flight this year. So that's uh, a, an interesting game coming up, uh, and for all the fixtures right around the league this weekend, do head to nfnl.org.au. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Uh, we hope you've uh, in, in enjoyed this, uh, this edition of the podcast. Uh, we look forward to bringing it to you each week, of course, the broadcast game uh, for Saturday's match of the day out at Greensborough War Memorial Park, where Greensborough is taking on North Heidelberg. Jared, Nick, thanks for your time, and we look forward to being back next week. You've been listening to the NFNL Podcast. 